athletes who snack like this are often narcissists. They're full of themselves and they commit criminal acts out of rage. They don't have the emotional regulation skills to simply walk away. And even the 2010 Combine, they knew that there were some sort of emotional issues right. that they were dealing with. And coaches and officials have to be very careful yeah. when they know when they have the red flags to provide extensive emotional support. Hey there, lovely Real Crime Profile listeners. I am really excited. I can finally tell you about an event which I'm taking part in called Podcast Live Crime. And it's a podcast festival over two evenings dedicated to murder, investigations and all things crime. Now, the events at Wilton's Music Hall in Whitechapel, a super cool venue worth coming to on its own. And it's on Tuesday, the 7th of April and Wednesday, the 8th of April. And I'll be flying the Real Crime Profile flag on Wednesday, the 8th of April speaking at 9.30pm so you can buy a ticket for Wednesday which means you'll see and hear from moi alongside Mark Billingham from A Stab in the Dark, he's a best-selling crime author and drunk women solving crime or you can buy a ticket for both nights which means you'll get to see Unheard, the Fred and Rose West Tapes, a case that I have weighed in on and Red Handed and UK True Crime. The link is in the show notes and I really hope that I see you there. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. I would have never expected what he was off the field, what Aaron was off the field. I would have never expected that from meeting him. How do you know what that person is, you know, mentally, how are they? 
You don't really know. You just see this quiet guy. Once this whole thing came out with the Odin Lloyd, you started hearing all types of stuff. Evidence for the Boston case was discovered during the Odin Lloyd murder investigation. Prosecutors in Boston claim Hernandez drove up next to two men and opened fire after Hernandez blamed them for spilling a drink at a nightclub. Allegedly, he pulls up to a car next to him and shoots into the window. That's no sane person. That's no sane person. Hello and welcome to Real Crime Profile. This is Jim Clemente, retired FBI profiler, former New York City prosecutor and writer-producer of CBS's Criminal Minds. And with me today is... Laura Richards, criminal behavioral analyst, former New Scotland Yard and founder of Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service. And just apologies, I have a very heavy head cold and virus at the moment. So I'm sorry if I'm sounding a little bit nasal or my thoughts aren't coming and connecting with my mouth quite so quickly. So we apologies in advance. Better. Well, she Thank looks you. as usual fantastic. I can see her on my monitor. But anyway, she may be sick. And I am Lisa Zambetti, casting director for CBS's Criminal Minds. I also have a cold, but um, we're going to push through. I know, Lisa, we've been suffering this week. Paul has as well. We seem to have been in the grip of some horrible virus and it's, it makes thinking very problematic. So I appreciate <laughs> what you're going through and uh, feel empathy, but I know I'm at the tail end of mine. So feel well, better soon. I hope you guys all feel better. And here we are deep into our coverage on The Killer Inside, The Mind of Aaron Hernandez, a Netflix original series that has us talking about a lot of different intense topics. So many things. And of course, they're a sponsor of the show as well. So a shout out to them for, for being our sponsor. But my goodness, there's so many conflicting parts. And you know what? Our listeners have been sending a lot of messages about this when I posted on Facebook. They they don't know what to make of this documentary and more so about Aaron Hernandez and, and the victims. So we have a lot to discuss. But it is interesting that Hernandez's co-conspirators who were in the car have never said what the problem was, what the trigger, so to speak, was, why Hernandez wanted to kill Odin Lloyd. I mean, it's just crazy that it's never really come out. There's just rumors about probably something very trivial that Lloyd didn't even realize that he'd offended right. Hernandez. Well, I believe it was actually because and this is one of the key strands that, that Odin Lloyd was talking to two guys who Aaron Hernandez had had a big argument with and he felt Odin Lloyd had been disrespectful and disloyal to him and betrayed him by talking yeah, to these guys. by talking to these two guys who were on his blacklist if you will mm -hmm. now when we know that Aaron Hernandez seems to be that guy who takes offense easily and is affronted and he needs to be seen as all the machismo and the tats and guns and people disrespecting him this whole gang culture I guess I could believe that that may well be the case, but it just seems so ridiculous and so disproportionate. And the two men, it doesn't surprise me they didn't say anything because they were arrested for, well, Ernest Wallace was one of them and Carlos Ortiz, they were arrested for murder as well. And Ernest Wallace was actually acquitted on the charge of murder, but found guilty of accessory after the fact. And he was sentenced to four and a half to seven years. And then Carlos Ortiz pleaded guilty to being an accessory after the fact in return for dropping the murder charge. And he was sentenced to four and a half to seven years in prison. So mm -hmm. they both did, they were brought to account, but it does seem that this was something that was just incredibly minor that he took umbrage at. And it was, I don't know, they were living very different lives in one respect, Odin Lloyd and Aaron Hernandez, but they could have been good friends and they could have gone on to be brother-in-laws, but yet he yeah. makes this decision not 
in red mist and not an impulsive decision because he coordinates it and he makes right. it happen and he lures Odin Lloyd in under, under the ruse of having a good time and t- they take him to an industrial park between the hours of 3.23 a.m. and 3.27 a.m. and that's when he was shot dead and he was found with five gunshot wounds on his body. He wanted to kill him, there is no doubt about that. Yeah, I just think he, it's utterly horrific. Life is, is so cheap. He He's apparently treated. shot him while he was in the car, and then he was able to get out of the car, and then he shot him four more times. And that's just, yeah, very deliberate act. He set him up, and then is going to have the gall to say that, no, it was these other two guys, and he was afraid of those guys. But I thought it was brilliant that the prosecutor then played a video from Hernandez's own security system that showed that the next day he was handing his little infant baby girl. Baby. Guys. What did you think of that behavior of him being such a playful father in that video? He's just in cold blood murdered somebody the day before. I mean, do you think that he's a psychopath or a sociopath or this is, is that even come into play here? Or? Oh, sure. It comes into play. We know that he got involved in juvenile delinquency. We know that he was charismatic. We know that he's engaged in a number of different types of crimes. I mean, we're starting to stack up on the psychopathy checklist. He was a thrill seeker. No empathy, no remorse, no responsibility taking. And, And do you remember the owner of the Patriots? He could turn on his charm for him and say to him, look him dead in the eye and say, it's nothing to do with me. And he believed him. He felt that he had been duped. He said that off the record. As he said, I'm an experienced guy. I get people's numbers very quickly. But I felt that I was duped by Aaron Hernandez, that he presented as someone that he wasn't. And I, I think people are complex. There's all these different parts to them. But when you add in his superficial charm and just everything that was going on really behind the scenes for him, that he probably would score over 30, possibly over 35 on the psychopathy checklist. He was getting into trouble a lot when he was younger. And even when he was in prison, he got into trouble. He was moved cells 23 times in the first few months because he kept getting into trouble. Hmm. You could say, well, that's down to his CTE, but it was actually as a child and he was getting into delinquency, which happens a lot. A lot of young kids on our youth offending teams books both in the u.s and the uk those who are getting into trouble in gangs are from domestic violence homes that's why we do have to make these links yeah and and understand behavior and the pathways to how someone goes on to do these things and and just to add in all the people who turned a blind eye because there were many people who did turn a blind eye to his behavior and perhaps there could have been a different outcome if he were brought to book on some of the things that he was doing very early on. But I don't believe that he would have been a good dad. And I think he was this Jekyll and Hyde character. He had the ability to be thoughtful, but of course he was smoking a lot of cannabis as well and doing a lot of cocaine. Now, whether that was to mask some of the pain, and I mean the physical pain too, but even that adds to impulsivity, making bad choices. And he was allowed to continue making bad choices. You think he was also on, I mean, they talk about the pain medication that they would give the players in the NFL. And he, do you think maybe he was also on steroids and that could have contributed to his rage issues? I think he was on a lot of things. I certainly think a lot of his self-medicating, people did talk about these migraines that he had, these awful headaches. And when you look at his brain scan, you, there's a big hole in the middle of it. He mm. would have had 
trauma there and he would have felt it. it would have come out in different ways so the excessive use of cannabis the cocaine the drinking i think those cocktails that he was taking i mean who who knows what else he was taking but it seems he was trying to take as much as possible i mean it's a numbing effect emotionally but it's also for pain too yeah so and he's, it can... it's not oh, making clear decisions clear no. there's not clear judgment here but and i did can... find it curious the way he sat there in court if you have got somebody who's got poor impulse controls, he seemed to be able to sit there for a very long time and take it all in and not react. At all. At all, yes. And I thought, I mean, I've never seen someone sit there so calmly and not have anything on his face at the times when obviously the camera's on him. But it's almost that he's sat there a spectator at somebody else's trial, I felt, which again it's against the whole impulsivity, poor control mm. argument because he can keep it in check at times when it matters. And as the owner of the Patriots said, everything I saw of Aaron Hernandez was first class. His behavior was always first class, which means he could keep it in check when it mattered. Right. But I think you mentioned the pot use and the, the chronic smoking. It can actually bring out extreme paranoia in people. And that can feed into this whole thing about, well, I got dissed. He's trying to attack me. And, and some of his friends, good and bad people, said that he was constantly concerned. His girlfriend said it too. You're overly concerned about how other people look at you. And he seemed to be like freaking out because somebody's staring at him. Well, he's a huge star and people are starstruck. So normally stars will take that in a positive way, and he seemed to be taking it in a negative way. But well, I remember, also, Jim, he had a lack of social maturity and a right. lack of you know, emotional maturity, so that would also play in there. Because, I mean, we all know that this kind of, you're dissing me, you're looking at me in the wrong way, all this kind of stuff is, is so immature. People go through phases of that, but it doesn't tend to stay. You, it's something you grow out of just from a look, but that, they, they were the things that were really important to him because his world was small, but because he put weight on it and he wasn't socially matured. That was the thing he failed on. He was incredibly low on all his scoring. And I think that is a very important part of this. And if we go back to his interactions with Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, what did you think, Lisa, about how they sort of not so subtly implied that maybe something was going on with them? Because there was a statement that clearly there was some relationship with between the owner and player that wasn't usual. And then what they're showing at that moment is Mr. Kraft coming up to Hernandez, hugging him and kissing him on the side of his cheek. And mm. I thought they were implying that there might have been a sexual relationship there. Wow, I missed that. that. Although I did notice how Aaron Hernandez was just looking at that door, anticipating him coming into oh, the trial. Over and over and over, over and again. obsessively looking. But I just took that as, here's somebody from this part of my life, you know, this dual life I'm having, who, is, who thought I was such a star and walk the clean path kind of guy. And now he's going to see me in this courtroom. I mean, I got it most like he was a father figure that he had disappointed. I didn't get the sexual innuendo. Well, go back and look at that scene because yeah, it's yeah. exactly as they're saying, making that statement that they show Kraft kissing him. Mm. And 
I thought they were at least trying to suggest that maybe something was going on there. Wow. I thought it was a very paternal thing. I mean, yeah. I, I must admit, he was so agitated about the owner of the club coming in. That was the only thing he really did pay attention to. But I have to say, my initial reaction to that was he is the patriarch and Aaron Hernandez respects the patriarch. He's kind mm. of like the father figure coming in yeah, and true. obviously dressed immaculately and, and looking the part. And I would imagine, and I actually said whilst I was watching it, the fact he didn't make eye contact with him when he left. Mm-hmm. Aaron Hernandez was left sitting there almost like a little boy of that he hasn't been acknowledged and he just walked straight mm-hmm. through him and past him. And he I, kept I felt- looking back too. I mean, Aaron Hernandez, even after he let the, the owner left, kept looking back. Yeah. Like a kid, right? Yeah. Like a kid looking after, you know, the person who he's trying to get the attention of mm-hmm. for approval. I just feel so much of his behavior was about trying to get approval and trying to get validation and not being able to deal with his own emotions and, and who he was. And again, it's not an excuse. And I in no way want people to think that I mm-hmm. give abusers and killers an excuse, but we have to do the psychological autopsy and, and look backwards for the understanding of the choices that, that people have taken. And these are choices that, that he took, but I would have loved to have seen more of that footage from court, just him, him non-reacting. Because right. I think that that was really a standout moment. The only yeah. thing that seemed to matter was Le Grand Fromage, the big cheese coming in. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Robert Kraft broke his silence, telling reporters, quote, if this stuff is true, then I've been duped and our whole organization has been duped. Did it occur to you at all, it occurred to me, that Hernandez didn't have any of this violent behavior really with his teammates? Like he wasn't known for being a troublemaker or even on the field, like getting into fights with other teammates? Oh, he was. Oh, he was? Oh, yes, he was. Oh, and my again, gosh. I didn't, okay. 
Tell yeah, me. I mean, if you listen to the the Gladiator, the Wandry podcast, actually, there's quite a lot of that information. Oh, that okay. I'd he was probably... he was always getting into trouble. They didn't oh, like okay. him. They thought he was very arrogant. Certainly at the start, he didn't socialize with them. They didn't want to socialize right. with him. Again, it was the immaturity issue. He was always picking fights with the he other was, players. Okay. He picked well, fights with Tom Brady. You know, oh, okay. I don't know all these characters you will do, but as I understand it, Tom Brady is, is God. But he took pleasure. I think it was Tom Brady and others said he took pleasure in unnerving you. He took pleasure in getting under your skin and, and getting a rise. And he, you know, they basically all didn't hang around together. He preferred his home crew. Mm-hmm. And the, the players didn't understand why he wanted to hang around with these losers. And they didn't want the, these kind of losers like Alexander Bradley hanging around with them. But they also understood that he didn't have many friends. So sometimes they would say, well, you, you come out with us, but you pick one person of your friends to come with us because we don't want all the others. But yes, he was known as being a, a very mixed bag of hyper-masculine, rage-driven, angry, picking fights with other players. And then at times he was quite sensitive and talking about cuddling with his mum. Mm. And, you know, there was these, yeah, a real mixed bag of who he was, but yeah. the overwhelming, uh, I guess, impression from those who were playing with him is that he was very unpredictable and mm. violent and picked fights for no reason at all. And do you remember in the documentary, during one of the phone calls, he says, you know my temper, my knees are shaking so much. He is so angered. And it was something to do with somebody who got him pissed off in the prison. But he was so angry. He, his knees were shaking. Like that adrenaline, that, that rage is caged at this point. Otherwise, he would have hurt or killed somebody else. Yeah. And I think there were other opportunities. I mean, his agent, Brian Murphy, and I mentioned it in, uh, in our last episode, but he said, what you do on and off the field gets you respect. And Hernandez says, no. You get respect through weapons and showed him his gun. Well, Brian Murphy, again, an agent, there's an opportunity there, isn't there? That information, should it have been shared with the Patriots? Should they have been aware that he had weapons and that he was talking in that way? Of course. Of exactly. Course. An it's, agent isn't going to yeah, do no that. Agent. The agent wants, wants his cut. Forget the it. agent says, it. you know, that he tried to mentor him to become a better person, but, but it wasn't his job. So, I mean, really, <laughs> whose job is it? Like, if you're hearing information, uh, it, and we know it all comes down to money. But for me, getting a pass because you're good at football or any other sport so that you can beat the shit out of people or kill other people, that's sport gone too far. And I'm the first person. I love sports. I love watching sports, but it's just outrageous. and absolutely unconscionable that people turned a blind eye and then they were very quick just to disconnect from him and put, you know, a sterile corridor up between NFL and him and shame him when Mm -hmm. actually everything that they did created, yeah, this monster. And I mean that in the sense behind closed doors and and right under their noses. And how about, yeah, how about craft statement? Well, I encourage every mother who wants to have a son who is special that they should also play football. I mean, it just blatantly flying in the face of how dangerous it is. And here's the thing. Every year in the NFL, 
they come out with new safety things for each helmet. They mm-hmm. approve certain types of helmets, and Fernandez wouldn't do that, right? He wouldn't comply. But the fact is they do it because they know how dangerous it is. And you mentioned rugby, Laura, which is a game very much like football, but they don't wear all this equipment. And what has happened in the United States over the years is because football is so violent and physically damaging and dangerous, they've improved the equipment. But what that has done is that has encouraged them as players to be more violent. To hit harder. To hit harder and to smash people. And people get many more concussions now, many more injuries, and these guys play injured. And that's why they're given this drug as a painkiller before they go out on the field. I mean, it's all, it's a business. The business of football is huge in this country. To me, it makes absolutely no sense. I'm an anomaly because I don't love sitting around watching football games for three hours to watch 12 minutes of action and to see people smash each other and hurt each other and be violent. I'm not into the gladiator games, so I'm not that kind of person. I know, obviously, many millions of people are. And somehow, it has risen to the top as the number one moneymaker in this country in terms of sports. When, for me, I love watching track and field. It's very pure. It's people maximizing their abilities and constantly measuring that achievement and that improvement. To me, that is something that's laudable, something I want to applaud. Mm -hmm. So I want to applaud some 385-pound guy smashing, you know, a 165-pound quarterback because, yay, he got the guy. No, I, I don't. I just don't think it's right, especially when you go back to Pee Wee, and this kid has been smashed around since he's been a child, and by the time he gets to professional football, he's been smashed around so much. And Aaron Hernandez is a perfect example of it that his brain has friggin' shrunk and collapsed on itself because it's gotten traumatized so much. Makes no sense to me. It doesn't make any sense, but it's all about money. I mean, rugby, I do think, because I I enjoy watching rugby, and the minute there is an injury, then the game is stopped, and they've got to come off the pitch, which none of the rugby players want to come off. They carry on with their ears hanging off, but it is stopped. And I don't think it is as aggressive as American football. And it's more professionally... It's more professionally run and we're not talking about a huge amount of money. I mean, there's money in it, but a lot of the, like the All Blacks, the New Zealand team, the Australian team, the Welsh team, they all stand as anti-violence campaigners against domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Of course, we did cover the Irish rugby rape trial, big problems in that case over in Ireland. But there are cases where we see people getting away with things, but more often than not, particularly now, there's a very different culture and climate. But it's big bucks for American football and violence, as I see it, is very much at the, se- at the center of the game. And yeah. it is all about making money. They turn a, bl- a blind eye, making boys to men. Well, I, I don't believe in that at all. I don't think that violence makes uh, boys into men. I think it creates monsters, quite frankly. And I think there, there is a major problem when people are denying that concussions create problems for, in terms of head trauma. 
But I thought Dr. McKee was very interesting. I've listened to her a couple of times now where she says that the pathology that may be present, but it doesn't explain all of the behavior. And she's looked at 330 brains. I don't think you need really any more to say that it's a problem. And it's yeah. a, it's a plays a role. And of course, we've seen that some of the footballers have taken their own lives, but they haven't expressed the violence outwards to other people as far as we know, and certainly not killing other right. people. So Hernandez mm -hmm. does stand alone in that. And that's why... He is an anomaly in one sense, the perfect storm of so many factors coming together. You know, I this think whole gangster yeah. thing, I think, yeah. played, played a key role, but you cannot deny the science of it. No, but there has, I know of at least one other CTE-related murder-suicide where one of the football players killed his family, his wife and his kid, and then killed himself. I don't know what else was going on in that because I'm I'm not in that world too much, but it is something that, I mean, Hernandez apparently did it decades earlier in his life and did it multiple times. So it's a very different thing. I mean, when you're suicidal, there's a very thin line between that and being homicidal. So it's actually more understandable as if it is done in that same event, right? You're talking about 330 brains. Those are 330 people who died before their time, whether it was because they got Alzheimer's and you know, fell apart physically or whether they took their own lives or whatever happened. But there are tens of thousands of people who are suffering from this and hundreds of thousands of kids who play this game all the time. And I just wish that our country would do something to stop it because with owners like Kraft who basically are promoting it shamelessly, despite the fact that these are human beings that are getting hurt every day and they play hurt. And a lot of their hurt of their physical injury is hidden inside their skull. And sometimes it comes out in their behavior. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a huge football fan, but, you know, Friday Night Lights is my absolute favorite TV show. Um, and I can I appreciate the athleticism and the sportsmanship mm -hmm. that can come from football. But isn't it interesting that you have these players who are million dollar assets and the teams will do anything to keep their bodies healthy, any anything necessary to keep their bodies healthy. But nothing necessary for their mental well-being, their emotional well-being, their substance abuse addictions. Like, what, how do they treat the whole player and not just their groin injury? Because it's a hyper-masculine culture. Yeah, they see that as weakness. That's what Aaron Hernandez had said as well. You're talking about things or showing any sign of weakness. And I do think that hyper-masculine culture is a major problem. Violence and being strong and being angry and being the most powerful thing or person on the pitch also translates off of the pitch. And a lot of bad guys, unfortunately, are good at football and they're given a free pass. And I don't care how good someone is at sport. That doesn't entitle them to beat the living crap out of someone, whether it's their partner, whether it's a friend in a bar, whether it's a barman because they didn't pay the tab and then they beat beat them and burst their eardrum, that should never be okay. I mean, right. 
I don't care whether people think that's a naive view. I played sport to a high level. I don't think anyone should just be told or messes cleared up or disappeared. We're talking about really serious violence here. And if they're constantly reinforced that they're God in their own kingdom, well, guess what? When they're off the pitch, that's how they're going to feel too. I think that the case you explained, Jim, I would be really surprised. It would be the 1% of cases if there was nothing there before that family wipeout, the family mm-hmm. annihilation. Every case I've reviewed, there's always a pattern. Right. But they're allowed to do these things. And of course, we know that control obviously isn't something that a lot of professionals look for either. And, that, and I think it's terribly sad, but we can't place it all that this is CTE. No, we can't, we can't say it's one thing. Part of it is society and culture. Right, but the football culture, they, what was their answer, Lisa? Get a separate apartment. Why mm. would they say that? Because yeah. they knew he was having domestic violence calls at home. Because they knew that that was an issue. And they encourage him to go off on his own in his own place. Mm-hmm. How is that helping? No, it's no, giving I know. him an opportunity to drill deeper and deeper and deeper into the vices that he had and also into paranoia and depression and whatever else he was suffering from. It was absolutely an avoidant issue rather than dealing with it. No, absolutely. And that's what has to change. I mean, yeah, build a better helmet, but build a better emotional and support system and and right. substance abuse. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite gripping investigations ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free true crime. That's amazon.com slash ad-free true crime to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I found it outrageous that the government would be trying to use someone's sexuality to prop up a case that they had no business bringing in the first place. Aaron and I talked about his sexuality. This man clearly was gay, acknowledged acknowledged the immense pain that it caused him. He also came out of a culture that was so negative about gay people that he exhibited some self-hatred. The gay guys that didn't want to come out. It broke my heart listening, and I can't remember his name, but saying that he would overreat because he didn't want to be seen to be attractive and therefore, you know, no one would like him and he wouldn't have to deal with his uh, sexual identity. That broke my heart listening to a couple of the players that, that they were gay and they knew from a young age that they were gay, but they were in this really hyper-masculine environment. Right. And that it was that culture, and they felt that they couldn't be who they were. So rather than be who they were, they projected this very different image. One of them ate constantly to put on weight so that people mm. didn't pay him any attention. He didn't have to deal with his sexuality. You know, is this the patriot way? You know, this, people talk about that culture, the patriot way. That's not a healthy way to be. It's 
so limiting. Mm. They are human beings after all, but they're just being treated like football killing machines. And then they're expected to behave differently when they're off the pitch. It, it's just so conflicting. And it, it's culturally, it says a lot about our society, about what we value. Yeah. And I think it's interesting the way the documentary hand, handled sexuality. And it started with Aaron's friend, Dennis. And I can't, I don't know, Sonsusi, I don't know how to say his last name, so I'm not even going to try, but mm -hmm. his friend, Dennis. And as we said in an earlier episode, I thought that it was really interesting, the dynamic between him and his father. And it's clear that Dennis was gay, uh, had to hide it from his father. His father admitted that he would have liked his sons to be straight and but somehow evolved to accept his gay son, mm -hmm. but realizes that he must have made it really hard on his son when he was younger. And I thought that was a really interesting, very loving thing. And a healthy thing, a healthy yeah, arc. Absolutely. To Except that the father went on to reinforce all that hyper-masculinity and to say that basically if a son, a 16-year-old son, loses his father and his mother ends up hooking up with the cousin's husband and that guy is in his underwear cooking eggs in the morning in his or cooking bacon I think he might have said in the kitchen well that's not something a 16 year old boy should stand for reinforcing that wait a minute no that's not true what should have happened in that family is yes it should have been dealt with this is a very difficult time for a 16 year old Boy, of course, and he had a, an older brother. It must have been a very difficult time for both of them. It should have been dealt with in an adult way, not in a, well, this is right for him to get his arms up and be upset about this and never actually be normal again. No, it should have been dealt with. And so I just, I thought that that was sort of an outlier in this nice arc that we saw with this father and son. Mm -hmm. We see these double standards a lot. And I do think it's ironic, again, that it's mum's behaviour that's judged far more, that she hooks up with cousin Tanya's guy and her behaviour is sort of slut-shamed and that that's the negative thing. And I, I think it's very sad that the boy, certainly Aaron Hernandez, when his dad died, he kind of was very upset. He was grieving that his dad had died and almost had whitewashed all the things that went on. And it's his mother that's still alive that he's angry with. And of course, we don't know all the dynamics behind the mother relationship with, with him. And I don't think that anything about it really sounded healthy in mm. terms of not just what he was saying and potentially what she was saying too. But when you've dealt with years of abuse and being terrified, you don't function in a, in a healthy way. And it takes a lot of time with therapists to unravel all of that. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a, a lot of double standards. And just to the point with Dennis and his dad sat side by side, and dad, I thought he was honest. And it surprised me where he landed with his son being gay. And interestingly, Dennis, the son, had joined the Marines. So again, another big masculine, hyper-masculine culture. But he said, oh, I was worried about my son, so I put up pictures of women in bikinis mm. with, the, with the thread bikini or the thong, uh, as if that was the message. If he woke up seeing that every day, then perhaps he, he, he wouldn't be gay. I mean, mm -hmm. really? Mm. It, 
it just shows how far that that people have to to travel. I mean, it's great that now they can talk honestly and openly, and now they're talking on camera. But there's still a lot of people out there with those views, and a lot of you know young people going through things where they don't feel they can be themselves. Absolutely. Wow, we have so much more to discuss about this incredibly engaging documentary series. It's only three episodes, but there was so much packed into it. We have tons more to say about the victims, about the ripple effects to the family members, and about how society really should respond to this kind of a situation in the future. Till next time, thank you for listening to Real Crime Profile. If you like deeper analysis like this episode on topics like Making a Murderer, Mindhunter, Escape at Danamora, The Case of Sally Challen, The Teacher's Pet, Lynette Dawson, The Exonerated Five in When They See Us, and The Disappearance of Madeline McCann, you can listen to RCP on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever platform you listen to us on. And please be sure, if you like what we do, to give us a five-star review. Thank you for listening to Real Crime Profile. Real Crime Profile is produced and edited by Paul Francis Sullivan. Sound engineering by Mike Thal. Music is composed by Simba Tsumba. Logo art by Jim Clementi. Real Crime Profile is produced by XG Productions and distributed by Wondery. For advice and support if you're experiencing stalking in the UK, you can contact Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service on 0203 866-4107 or you can go to the website where there's a lot of information and advice that you can follow on www.paladinservice.co.uk If you're experiencing domestic abuse, you can call the National Domestic Violence Helpline for free on 0800-2000-247 In the US, if you're experiencing domestic abuse and need advice, shelter or counselling You can call Genesis, the 24-hour hotline, on 214-946-4357. You can also go to their website for further advice or support, www.genesisshelter.org. And there's the Domestic Violence Hotline on 800-799-7233. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Real Crime Profile ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Bing! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have crystal ball in my head. 
It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. <laughs> Judy Justice, only on Freebie.